Hey, everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lunnan. And this is Volume Up by the Tees. So, Jeffrey, welcome back. We missed you. We all missed you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It feels good to be back. I've got another kid, a lot less sleep. Ooh. Uh, okay. And so I'm thrilled to be chatting with you. Let's let's get loopy with it. All right. We're going to enjoy the best of the sleep deprivation. <laughs> All right. Let's take it away. On our last episode, I had one of my favorite interviews to date, chatting with Tracy Fotacek. Fotacek is the founder and CEO of the Pretty Convenient app and Pretty Set Go. Her mission is to empower beauty stylists to take control over their beauty businesses while being disruptive in the process. She's currently disrupting the beauty industry through the Pretty Convenient app, an on-demand beauty app where her all-female team, consisting of some of the industry's top professionals, deliver a convenient and stunning beauty experience to your home, and Pretty Set Go, a virtual beauty box that comes with beauty education. If you like learning more about the industry, those who are enacting change and creating a better world, like Tracy, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok, at ReadTheTees, and send in questions to volumeupofthetees.com. This week, we connected with Oliver Adams, a.k.a. The Color King. He's known throughout the industry for his creative flair for hair, as well as his dynamic presence as a hair color educator. Affectionately known as The Color King, Oliver is the owner of Splash Studios, Inc., which consists of salons and a salon suite location in Atlanta, Georgia, and Las Vegas. As a top artist for Clairol Professional for 20 years, he shares his passion for hair through his other love, which is teaching. Before we get there, there's one thing, maybe a couple things I had <laughs> questions on that we just have to chat about. And I've been waiting till you were back. So mm. the rise of Brad Mondo. If you don't know about Brad Mondo, well, now you do. And thanks to our editors, he's the hair extraordinaire on YouTube. His videos can teach you about how to cut your own bangs, freestyle a wig, or wave your hair with a flat iron, but mostly he's known for his hairdresser reaction series in which he watches and comments on DIY <gasps> hair transformations. His father was a hairdresser and he married his passion for the industry with YouTube. And now we have a 7 million subscriber sensation on our hands. It all started with his first reaction video. He posted it. He woke up 200,000 views later. And now we have the Brad Mondo. Jeff, real talk. How do you feel about Brad? I'm not a fan, Kelly. Not even a slight, <laughs> like not even a tiny, tiny bit. I think like the concept novel, now we're chasing yes. a dragon. We're just doing the same thing. It's a lot Indeed. of, it's a lot of, it's a lot, a lot. And I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, there are things that are for some folks. This is not for me. All right. How do you feel? I love, yeah, I love that point of view. You know, I'm swaying on your point of view too. So I love a good YouTube channel. Of course. What I don't like about Brad is he's encouraging people, non-pros, to try pro hairdressing color technique at home. I don't like it. I know he's changed his point of view since the beginning of his channel, mm -hmm. but his take, you know, and his take is like, if they're not going to go to the salon, they never will. But y'all watching Brad, if you're okay with messing up your hair and then him making fun of you, you go for it. But I need my pro perfection. Yeah, I'm I think you kind of you kind of nailed it. I mean, really, it's like he's encouraging people to do the stuff so that he can ultimately make fun of them on his channel, which yeah. is like, uh, no. again, I'm just I'm not a fan. I'm not here for it. Right. Uh, again, there was a time and a place, maybe early in the pandemic, where okay. sure, I think we're bye bye. Yeah, we're post that. Okay, we're post bye, Brad. Mondo Mundo. <laughs> 
Now, before we go any farther, it's time for our continuing mini-series featuring the stories of the talented trailblazers of the 2021 Texture Style Awards. Back in July, we introduced you to Monet Everett, friend of the pod and founder of the Texture Style Awards, which took place for the first time this year. We've been lucky enough to meet the 2021 award winners, and we'll be introducing you to a winner over four episodes. Last episode, we spoke with Sandra Henry, winner of the Wavy Hairstylist of the Year Award. So go back and listen if you missed it. Today, we'll hear from Rania Nicole, who took home the Kinky slash Coily Stylist of the Year Award from the Texture Style Awards. Hailing from South Florida, Rania Nicole grew up around beauty and barbershops. Her curiosity and creativity inspired her to experiment on herself as well as others, and it's her love for music and art that inspires her to create. Nicole is a licensed cosmetologist with commercial work uh, that includes key makeup artist assignments on beauty, fashion, lifestyle, as well as several music videos cool, um, and is the Kinky Coily Styles of the Year from the Texture Style Awards. So quite the bio. Thank you for joining us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to join you guys today. All right. So for our listeners who may not have heard of you, but will now, um, how did you get your start in the beauty business? I pretty much want to say it's in my blood. My mom was a hairstylist. My grandfather was a barber. My aunt did nails. So I literally grew up in the beauty shop growing up um, as a child. So at first I didn't like it. I was like, you know, it's crazy. Why do, you know, people always come to the beauty salon? (laughs) It felt like a chore, you know, going to the beauty salon after school to help my mom. Um, Once I went to cosmetology school, beauty school to learn the science behind what makes your hair and how you can change it the different colors and textures and all I was in love I love it so we have a similar path my mom was a salon owner and stylist for 40 years and I too went to her salon and I was the towel folding gal yeah of the hair like (laughs) what was your so it sounds like we've got a little bit in common there for sure. So tell me, you know, you mentioned kind of your love took off when you went to beauty school. Do you remember that moment? Um, You know, what was it that you're like, okay, this is it. Like, this is where I belong. Yeah. So it was just like the creative freedom as well. And being able to create, like as a younger child, I always was trying to either paint a picture, draw something, make my own clothes. So with being in the beauty industry, I found that I can still be able to create something, connect with people. And I love creating with different women, hearing their story, you know, making their day better. Um, So, yeah, beauty school was just like, wow, okay, I can combine all of that in one place and still be really, really happy. Yeah, I love it. And there's so much to learn. And I love that you said initially the science of it all, because every hair texture, every you know, color, density of hair. I mean, there is so much to learn and there really is an art and science behind being a licensed professional. Absolutely. (laughs) Great. So tell me a little bit about, you know, the Texture Style Awards. I can assume you saw it out there and you were like, okay, immediately did you jump and say, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm 
I'm going to enter? Or what was that process like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before the pandemic, I did a competition at least once a year. When COVID happened and everything shut down, I'm just, you know, at home in my little nest. And when I seen it, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this. <laughs> I love it. That's great. I'm definitely doing it because it's been two years since I competed. So it was just like something that I was missing, that creative outlet. And then, you know, the slowdown of being in the salon um, from the pandemic, I just was like, okay, well, this will allow me to kind of step out of my box be creative and do something different. So as soon as I seen it, I was like, I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been following Monet for a while? How did you first hear about it? Yeah, so I've been following Monet um, on Instagram for a while. And I be before the competition, I actually did a course with her business coach. Okay, so, great. Yeah, so yeah, I did that. And then I was like, okay, well, she's doing this. I'm going to I'm going to support her and do the competition as well. Okay. Very cool. So tell me about the process for your submission. Okay. So <laughs> when I, um, I wanted to do something with braids, but that also like really creative that you didn't see all the time. So I'm like, okay, who has the coolest braids? And the first person that popped in my mind was Beyonce. <laughs> I'm like, when she wears braids, she kills it so She's the queen for a reason right <laughs> right absolutely so i got some, some inspiration from beyonce and called up some friends that i knew like hey i'm doing this cool little project do you guys want to you know be my models and compete oh, so yeah. you know they're like oh absolutely yes you know they love being in front of the camera <laughs> <laughs> anyway so they're like yes do whatever you want <laughs> That's like music to a stylist's ears, right? <laughs> right. <what> you want. <laughs> okay, right. with your entry, were you like, yeah, I got this. Like, I have a good shot at winning? Oh, I knew I was going to win. <laughs> <laughs> I love your confidence. That's amazing. When I entered the competition, I was like, I got this. I, and that's how I am when I enter every competition. Just off, right off my mind, I'm like, I know I'm going to win. That's why I'm doing this <laughs> because I'm going to win. Absolutely. So I just gave it my all and I just put all of me into it. Like, you know, the hair, the makeup, the whole look, I was like, I, I got this. So that's what I went in thinking, not even knowing, you know, how many other people submitted, who else was competing, you know, the judges, anything just offered. So I was like, I got this. That's awesome. So for those of us that, you know, we're listening, we can't see the look, which we'll have also on our channels and link to, um, but tell us about what, what your look defined, like, what did it say? How did it speak to you? What were some of the techniques you used? Okay. So I did a, um, an asymmetrical bob. Okay. On, um, one of my models with a crowned, um, braid up. So it was like a crown, a triangular crown okay. on her head, and it was all braided around. And for the winning submission, it was a really big Afro kinky hair with some braids going in different designs, some Bantu knots with some um, jewelry and beads on. And that's like my favorite um, trend right now hair, <laughs> hair jewelry. 
So yeah. I definitely put some of that in there. And I just wanted to, you know, put the message out there that just because I feel like a lot of people try to confine in how you should wear your hair. You know, yeah. even if you do have a fro, they're like, okay, it could just be a fro. And I'm like, no, I'm going to mix three different styles in one and put some bling on it. You know, like this is your hair. You should be allowed creative freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, you know, in whatever thing that you're in. So that's what I wanted to represent with the people. All right. I love it. It sounds absolutely beautiful. <laughs> um, how do you think winning, you know, the kinky coily styles of the year is going to change your trajectory in your career? So I feel like um, we shouldn't kind of to go back on the last one, like we shouldn't just be confined to do one thing. Like even some of my clients, that work corporate, they're like, do you think I can pull off purple? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, you should be able to, you know, you want um, in a certain, in any, you know, setting, you know? Yeah, great. Well, and okay, what are your plans now from here? Um, do you, I mean, it sounds like you're gonna keep entering because, you know. Absolutely. Yes. Not that winning vibe. Um, <laughs> where do you see yourself, you know, in the future? Like, what does your path look like? Okay, so from here, I'm definitely going to continue to compete. It's something that I love to my um, everyday vibes. But yeah. after that, I want to host my own competition because it felt really good giving the opportunity to step out of my box. And I just want to give that to other stylists. So yeah. I want to start putting on my own, hosting my own competitions. <laughs> I love it. All right. You're going to spread the love to the other, you know, aspiring award winners and creatives out there. Yes, absolutely. I love it. So congratulations again to you um, for winning the Kinky Coily Stylist of the Year from the Texture Style Awards. An incredible win um, and, and milestone in your career. And thank you for joining us today on Volume Up by the Tees. Thank you for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, diving into the brands you don't know about but should. Here are a few of our favorite headlines from the tease.com this week. And I'm kicking us off. As part of our coverage for Latinx and Hispanic Heritage Month, our editors interviewed Mariela Mejia. Mariela is a curly-haired Afro-Latina whose hair journey led her to launch the Pink Root brand as a hair care line designed to support transitioningly chemically treated or heat-damaged hair. We've all been there. Her story is so inspiring, and she created Pink Root because she was always relaxing her hair, which she believed was considered less than. So check out Pink Root products on Instagram. Jeffrey, what did you think of this article? Well, first of all, love that we are spotlighting Latinx own brands. Uh, thought that she was so interesting. Uh, it's basically an interview with her where she goes into all sorts of stuff um, beyond just the brand. So I was riveted, actually. Um, glad that we were able to do this. And yeah, you should definitely get in and read that, uh, even though Latinx History Month is basically over. Wah, wah. While we're on the topic of Latinx, and Hispanic Heritage Month, the article that I want to talk about is coloring curls at home with these five boxed hair dyes. Now, 
it's a leap, right? I mean, we're talking about it because textured hair, inclusivity, all of that great stuff. Um, we're not necessarily advocating for box hair dye use here on the Volume Up podcast. However, it is obviously reality. And if you're going to do it, you ought to do it the right way. Uh, so our editorial team went through, found a bunch of brands that are doing box hair dye for textured hair responsibly. So we suggest that you go and take a look at that. Um, certainly for our curly and coily haired friends out there, this is something that you're going to want to check out. Yeah. Dying curls and your coils at home can be tricky. And if not done correctly, there's a likelihood that you could cause irreversible damage to those curls and coils. So be safe out there. And as Jeffrey mentioned, check out our five boxed hair dyes uh, on thetees.com. Our recommendations are there. As always, so much going on thetees.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish the stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up is the Color King. Oliver is the owner of Splash Studios, Inc., which consists of salon and salon suite locations in Atlanta and Vegas. I love his story. Coming up next, our interview with the Color King. Adams is known throughout the industry for his creative flair for hair, as well as his dynamic presence as a hair color educator. Affectionately known as the Color King, which we're going to get into, um, Oliver is the owner of Splash Studios, Inc., which consists of salons and salon suite locations, Atlanta, Georgia, Las Vegas, Nevada, and as a top artist for Clairol Professional for over 20 years, he shares his passion for hair through his other love, which is teaching. So we are here with the one and only Oliver Adams. Welcome to the podcast. So we're going to kick it <laughs> off. Uh, Oliver, tell us a little bit about how you got into the beauty industry. Let's start from the beginning. From the beginning, we have to go way back. And actually, it would turn right. out that I'm a legacy. I'm a legacy, babe. Um, yeah, I started out as a legacy. So my father is actually a hairstylist ah. still currently and has been for over 40 years. So Ooh. I kind of was born into the industry. Uh, yeah, so that was my first um, exposure to the industry, actually, as a baby. My father had a hair wow. salon since I've been two years old. All right, yeah. that's amazing. Okay, so... What was his specialty? I mean, and where was the location of his salon now and then? Okay, so my father actually got his license in the military. He was in the Air Force, and he was oh. actually like the people that cut your hair when you come in, the barbers, you know, that got him right before boot camp. So he used his GI Bill to actually get his salon license. And so ever wow. since then, he's been a hairstylist. Um, so I was born into it. Um, when I came up, we were in Birmingham, Alabama, which is where I was. I wasn't born, but where I was raised. That's where my father had ended up settling. And uh, he became a big time hairstylist. And right there in Birmingham, Alabama, um, even to this day, his name rings huge, huge bells. So um, I just been, you know, continuing his legacy through that. But his specialty actually was color too. He was known as oh. one of the best hair colorists in the state. Yeah. And he's actually a part of the Clairol design team and uh, oh. he was the stage artist and all of that. So yeah, and his specialty was color. And so I kind of came right up under it and my specialty was color too. Whoa. Okay. 
And I've known you for a handful yeah. of years, and I did not know that about you. Didn't know that, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. My father was a top artist for Clairol Professional before Wella even was a part of Clairol, you know, and vice versa. Um, my father was one of the main stage artists back then. So, yeah. A lot of people that don't is- know that he's been out of the industry a while, but yeah, for sure. I mean, so 40 years ago, getting involved as a top artist for Clairol had to, and still is a very prestigious, you know, uh, position. Uh, but back all that time ago, that that's pretty impressive. I mean, tell me about yeah. how how they he got involved with Clairol back in the day. I really don't know. I was so young. I was probably around right. seven or eight at the time. But I believe he told me that, you know, they used to have representatives that would come through the salons and they would actually scout out, you know, who was the who's who in the cities. Yeah. And my father always stood out being a black man who could really, really cut and color Caucasian hair back then. So he really was kind of like a very high commodity because they were like, man, he just was an awesome cutter and an awesome colorist. And so that was, and then my father, if you know him, he's very uh, outgoing, very, you know, a very fun personality. So I think it just kind of matched pretty well. And uh, somehow he made himself to the show team. Um, and so my okay. remembering as a youngster, maybe like maybe 10 or 11, going to Bronner Brothers hair shows. And uh, back then they had, I think it was Proud Lady hair show in Chicago. He would take me and my little sister and we would go and we we didn't know what was going on. It was like a huge party or festival yeah. for us. We were <laughs> like, oh, my God. So that was like I can remember those being my early, early yeah. memories of the hair industry. It wasn't just like the salon it was also at an early age understanding wow there's hair shows and there's this showmanship and camaraderie and all of these different things and i just remember being blown away as as a kid seeing like wow this is amazing and it kind of just so kind of cool. molded me into the to the to the career oh that's yeah. amazing okay so my next question was what is the best part of being in the industry and i mean you've spent some time in the industry both as an observer and a participant certainly but tell me like what sparked that passion so you're at the hair show you're seeing your dad be at the top of his game why did you want to follow in his footsteps well you know i'm gonna be honest um I always thought what he did was cool, but even growing up like in high school and stuff, I never really had aspirations to be in the industry. So what really changed it for me is my 21st birthday. My father took me to this hair show in Chicago. It was the Proud Lady Show. And this is when I really got to see my father at his prime. And this is when I was probably like a junior in college. And I was like trying to decide what do I want to be? You know, I started off in college going as an engineer. I was on an engineering scholarship for the first two years. So I was like super into math, science, kind of. I didn't even know I had a creative bug in me, honestly. So my father took me to this hair show and I just, I mean, I partied so hard at this hair show. I had to be (laughs) honest with you guys. It's almost like I was like a rock star and I was just like having so much fun. And uh, I realized that, hey, like I was seeing that these guys, they're making all this money and they're having so much fun. I'm like, this is it for me. And um, I actually got picked up. That's the first show that I actually kind of got picked up on the team. Um, My father's boss at the time who was the show coordinator was like, yo, I love this kid. You know, he's just fun to be around. And, you know, I was helping out and stuff. And she was like, you know, I need an assistant. Why don't you, you know, come come work with me? And I'm like, what? Like, I'm in college. You know, how will this work? She's like, oh, it's just the weekends. You just fly in and fly out. 
I was signed up right then, and I've been with Clairol ever since, and that was 21 wow. years ago. Funny Whoa. Story. Uh, I started right. out just as an assistant. Yeah, a lot of people don't notice my background. You know, I started out not having any type of clue even how to hold shears. You know, I didn't know anything, um, but I was just uh, an assistant to the show director, and I was just came in through the sales side, and then I worked my way from the sales booth to the uh, backstage to the main stage. Okay. Obviously. So it's been a uh, a whole situation for me, like full circle. <laughs> wow, that is 21 years with the same brand. Now that's loyalty. 21 right? years. <laughs> Absolutely. And I've been offered many times to go to different companies and I've just, I've remained loyal to Wella and Clairol because of the start they've given me. That's actually family, you know what I mean? And, and, and coming up, you know, I always was trained every year on these products and part of product launches and you really start to believe in the products and see the results and uh i mean i have no desire to go anywhere else honestly i mean i'm a lifer <laughs> yeah that's amazing okay so you talked about claire all the products you're certainly known for color tell us where the color king name came from was it passed down from your dad you was the king, now you're the king. <laughs> Tell us a little more about that. Absolutely. <laughs> kind of like that. Absolutely. So okay. my father, you know, um, he was known as the color man. You know what okay. I mean? And I, when I was coming up, he would always take pride in that. He used to have his little custom uh, smocks yes. and everything with his name okay. on it. So I'm like, okay, cool. So learning early on, branding is huge in this family and in, the, in, this, in this profession. Um, so what happened with me, when, like I told you, when I really started becoming serious about hair, I was still in college, uh, ending up uh, pledging a fraternity, Kappa Alpha Psi, which if you know anything about Kappas, yeah. we're all about the RKs. So that's yeah. why the K uh, okay. in color, that's where that comes from. Because around that time, I had just pledged, so everything was K. I mean, <laughs> if, I, if, if it was coming soon, it was coming with the K soon, you know, every C was getting replaced with a K. Um, and so actually at that time, MySpace was a huge thing. So that was my yep. thing. You needed a tag. It was myspace.com slash and whatever your name was. And so yeah. Color King with the K, it fit perfect. It and then it. I just branded it from there. And then actually it, I became that person. You know, at the time I just thought it was a cute name, but then like it really stuck and everybody just started calling me Color King, Color King. So I started getting the branding and I got a logo and I'm still Color King to this day. All right. I like it. Worked out for me. <laughs> it so, worked out for me, really. So our team was recently at the Beauty and Vision Awards, and we heard a Wella team member say that you are famous in Atlanta. And we would love to know exactly what you are famous for. And if you don't think that's true, what should you be famous for? <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I guess I'm a local uh, celebrity. Um, no, I think uh, I'm probably famous. Um famous it just sounds funny but I'm really well known um early on I've always been kind of what they call outside um as far as just being a socialite promoting parties we used to throw our own parties promoting the salon photo shoots you know you just from doing this for so many years you just get really into that you know socialite well-known spotlight and I think it comes more from that you know just okay. just a testimony to my consistency of always promoting myself and my brand and always being known with quality events and hair um, things with that name. So I, I think yeah. it comes from more of that. I mean, you know, I've been around a while, 21 years in the industry. So and we've always been out on Facebook or Twitter or MySpace or whatever was popping at the time. 
we okay. made sure that we made ourselves known on that platform. So I think that's that's what that famous comes from. But you know, I do feel like that's why I moved out to Las Vegas because Atlanta started okay. to get so small for me. Like, you know, it's like okay, we kind of conquered this city. Let's let's see if we can expand the brand and uh, do it on a different coast. So now nice. I'm out here on Las Vegas, start, oh. starting over, and let's do it again. Wow. Okay. So take me through that journey. Atlanta had your salon. Yeah. Now you said you're in Vegas. Tell me a little bit about about that journey. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've always had a goal to just kind of expand the brand and not stay in one place and really almost like as a franchise be in multiple cities. Uh, okay. I think that when you expand, you know, hair in Atlanta is so much different than hair in Las Vegas. Um, and then on the West Coast period, you know, hair in the South is just different. Um, same with, you know, I have goals to go in Miami, too, because I think that's a region where it's an amazing place, but the hair is different there, too. So Las Vegas became a natural fit. I was doing a lot of work out here during the um, oh. the pandemic, actually. And that's okay. what really kind of sparked me because it was time for me to grow. I like to grow every year or two. You know, I like to add something to the portfolio. And I was like at the point where we could add something else in Atlanta or we could challenge ourselves and be re-inspired and take it out to the West Coast. I've actually always had love for the West Coast. I'm from the okay. South, but I've always had a desire to be out on the West Coast. I didn't know if it was going to be LA, San Diego, you know, Vegas. I never thought, but here we are. And uh, it just yeah. came down to opportunity and uh, just seizing the moment. Yeah. How do you open up in a new market, you know, generating new clientele, generating new awareness? Like, what's that like? It's been a challenge, to be honest. You know, people mm -hmm. ask me all the time when you're moving to Vegas, you know, we're actually about two to three weeks away from opening the salon out here. So okay. I haven't totally opened. So I don't I can't fully answer that question. But, you know, okay. we're still in the process of staffing. And uh, it's it's not as challenging as you would think because of social media. Honestly, um, yeah. people have been hitting me up like you're coming out to the West Coast because we have a following, you know, online, even where people know about the brand and know about myself. But you know, now that they're seeing that we're out here, people actually been hitting me up. So oh, it's not as challenging right. as one thing. But, uh, you know, th this thing about what we do is it's so recession proof, even through this pandemic. Yeah. One of the reasons why I love the choice to be in the hair industry is because, man, I tell you what, no matter what, people are going to get their hair done. People want to feel beautiful. People want to feel that self-care. And um, it's just an amazing industry. So if you can do hair in Atlanta, in Las Vegas, you can do hair in China on the moon. So yeah. <laughs> for us, it's just about bringing our talents here and using our marketing and creative strategies to let people know we're here. I'm always yeah. one, if you build it, they will come. You know, okay. I don't think that it's going to be hard for us to, to pop off out here, honestly. And so that's why I took that leap of faith and just put my money behind my uh, mouth and let's see what we could do. You know, I All signed right. the lease. I'm here to stay, so let's let's see, you know. But I have 100% confidence in what we what we can do out here. But you know, I have maybe a handful of women that I've done their hair out here, and uh, we're just gonna build off of that. All right, great. What will the salon specialize in? I mean, I know color is certainly your specialty. Tell me a little bit about the salon and the services, and 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 what you hope to do there. Absolutely. Well, I noticed out here, you know, there's so many different textures of hair. That's the difference okay. between this market and I would say Atlanta. There's so much diversity here. So we're going to fit right in here perfectly because that's our specialty. We cater to all different textures okay. of hair and uh, we're actually going full service this time. So 
we're going to be specializing in not only um, luxury hair color and cutting, I'm going to have it departmentalized. So we'll have cutters. All they do is cut. We'll have colorists. All we do is color. And then we'll also have, um, you know, we want to go the estheticians. We're going to have a couple okay. of doing facials and um, body treatments as well as spray tanning, waxing, okay. um, you know, full service, everything. We want to kind of be that one-stop shop. Um, and really, it's going to be high end all the way. I'm going to tell you, we're bringing a little bit of Atlanta swag to the <laughs> West. So it's not going to be like your typical, you know, our our salon vibe will be almost like hookah lounge vibes. You know, okay. to me, it's so Las Vegas. You know, it'll be Las Vegas where you have, you know, we'll have a little bar so we can spoil our, our clients. Maybe have hair happy hour where we have hookahs and stuff while you hydrate. We'll be doing a lot of hair Botox oh. treatments and just really making people's hair uh, have the beautiful color and, and health that it needs. It's it's tough out here in the desert, you know. It's hot, so the sun is it's baking hair out here. So we're coming. It's a dry heat, so we're coming with you know just just uh you know our our little um take on beautiful salon hair, and uh, we're gonna push it to the limits. So awesome. we'll we'll send you an invite to the grand opening. Right. It'll be coming up right. here in September, so you guys can make it out. Come on out. Amazing. All right. Sounds great. I love it. Okay. So now moving into kind of your work with Wella and Clairol, I mean, tell me about some of the benefits of, you know, being associated with a brand, a longstanding brand like Clairol, you know, why would you encourage other artists to, to get involved with the brand? Well, honestly, you know, for me, I've been fortunate because Clairol has been, you know, we're, we're synonymous with hair color. We actually kind of invented hair color. So it kind of worked out perfect for me to be established with a brand who is so dedicated to um, hair color and um, sure. not just hair color, but evolving hair color. We're always on the top line of our research and development as far as, you know, not being complacent, always giving you first class education, first class products, a dedication to always being in the frontier and in the, in, in, in the front lines of bringing top quality products. So it's yep. been amazing. Honestly, I, I, I use a lot of different lines. I'm not going to say I exclusively use this, but when we stand behind, you know, when we're educating and, um, you know, teaching, it's all about Wella and Clara and I, I love the brand and I've been able to be part of so many, um launches and just just to be to grow with the product and the family it's amazing it's it's, it's really indescribable i can't imagine yeah. hopping to another brand honestly um so it, it's great yeah. yeah okay so you mentioned your you mentioned educating certainly we know that you have a love for teaching so the beauty and vision awards just happened we know that you were a mentor for ba amazing. Amazing. tell me about that the BEA Awards was amazing. Just to be chosen as a mentor for the natural texture category alone meant everything to me. Because um, it's a, one of the newer categories and for its inclusion in the whole uh, awards categories was just amazing. And then I got to be a mentor to three just amazing, talented stylists who were just so excited to be there they had it was their first competition they had put so much oh. blood sweat and tears into the creative process and you know there was like four thousand entries in our category and for them to be top three was a huge deal for them and they all came from different parts of the country one of the finalists couldn't even speak english she was from puerto rico so she had to have a translator oh. there the whole time but she was so sweet so very talented um so 
it was an amazing experience just to pull from their excitement and for yeah. me to just just that atmosphere to be around all these amazing mentors and and finalists the the energy was just so high the creative energy was so high i was really inspired by the whole thing um and wella did such a first class job of putting on the production and uh aria was great it was it was a a lifetime experience i'll never forget it was it was amazing Awesome. So, you know, the importance of mentoring our young stylists coming up through the ranks is obviously very important. What would you, if, if somebody's out there that has never entered BEA or in the past trend vision, what would you tell them? What would you tell them about the experience of entering number one and mentoring number two? Definitely. Uh, I, this, <laughs> this opportunity gave me a whole new outlook on enter or mentor. And even okay. as a mentor, it, it had me wanting to enter. So I would tell you, you have to enter this contest, no matter what level you are on in your artistry or your confidence level or how long you've been in the industry, you have to enter this awards. It's it's life changing, honestly. And to be a part of it and to be chosen, wow, like it will change your career. These ladies that won these, um, even the finalists, there were so many finalists that didn't win it, but I saw them networking and getting approached okay. by different companies. Um, different teams to like, you know, to have opportunities on down the line. So it's a great situation to just challenge yourself and to really, um, you know, make an impact in what you're doing in, in the salon or wherever you're at. I'm telling you, enter this. And if you don't enter, mentor someone, encourage someone to enter this contest because it's life changing, honestly. So what were the different points throughout the mentor process? I mean, what were some of the things that the stylist you were mentoring didn't know, like how to choose a photographer, a model, where do you even start? Like, take me through that process. What was the most challenging for them that you helped them work through? Absolutely. So as mentors, our job was to, we had to meet with each finalist individually and see what their concept is from the makeup to the hair, to the wardrobe, to lighting, everything. Um, what it is, their, their images that they submitted got them to the top three. Once they got to top three, they had a new model and they were to construct a whole different look. So it was almost like starting from ground zero again. Okay. So my job was to one pick their models for them. I actually picked the models for them um, and then handed them the models the next day and said, go at cool. it. Um, so right. that was a, a fun challenge of it. Um, but for me, these ladies were so talented. And so I actually learned a lot from them. They were texture specialists and they really knew what they were doing. They really had um, a strong grasp on their concept from, I mean, top to bottom. And they got there and they they got to work. Um, for me, it was just a lot of nerves involved for them, letting them, you know, cool them down and, you know, just yeah. help them through the process, answer questions. Um, you know, a lot of them were saying, you know, asking me, you know, what do you think of this? Will this be too much? And, you know, it was really mm -hmm. just like a, having your one-on-one -on -one with them. And, and for me, it was just letting them, you know, ease their nerves, let them know you've made it this far. You know, um, we did, we did do a lot of um, brainstorming as far as final looks, but okay. I give it to them a 95% of everything they did themselves from start to finish. You know, they killed it. They, the texture category was so strong. I promise you in the back room, they lined up all of the models and every there was probably like 60 models lined up and every Ooh. one of the judges had something positive to say about the natural texture yeah. 
three finalists. They, the work the work was ridiculous. They couldn't tell if it was editorial. They didn't know if it was in the color category. It was just, wow. it made me so happy as a mentor. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Um, so I had no complaints. Honestly, like I said, they these ladies really just relied on our, our experience and just to help them guide them. But they were more than worthy of being where they were as finalists. So I learned a lot from them, actually. I was looking like, dang, how you do that? Like, they were, they were amazing. So young. So, so young. I mean, some of these stylists, uh, finalists were only in their second or third year of doing hair. Amazing. Wow. So, yeah, it was, it was high energy in that room, man. There was so much talent. I was, like, blown away. So what did yeah. the final look end up being, the winner of the category? Do you recall? I do recall. I, I figured that would be one of the winners. I, it, it was a very tough category. All three of them killed it. But yeah, it was the one who uh, she did this like intricate braid in the front. Okay. And she had these. Uh, it was just I don't even know how you explain it. It was all about the <laughs> asymmetric. It was it was big. It was beautiful. It was textury. You really had to see a picture for me to explain it to you, honestly. But but one, it was the detail. Um, okay. And the um, what they tell me the detail and just the creativity and the silhouette. Um, oh. I think the other finalists they they killed it too, but their were, entries were very close to their final entries that got them okay. there. And I think this young lady went totally in a different direction, totally from her submission. Okay. And I think that was kind of kind of solidified it for real. Honestly, okay. I didn't get to judge honestly, so I don't know what was on the judge cards, but I think that's what what, what it was. Awesome. So what impact do you think that, you know, BEA, the Texture Style Awards have on our industry as a whole? I mean, it's amazing. It's up there with the BTC one shots. I think they just had that last mm -hmm. night. You know, a lot of these these huge competitions, you know, they mean a lot when it comes to moving to the next level of your career. A lot yeah. of times stylists ask me, you know, you're very talented and they're like, how can I get on the team? And unfortunately, there's so many talented people trying to get to these spots where these big companies, the way they decide who they're going to pick is when you win an award. And well, it's honestly always been like that. It's all about the Nahas or the, you know, yep. the, the BTCs or even the Trend Vision Awards. Like you're, it's, that's how you separate yourself from the competition. So that's why it's so important for these artists that, you know, are, have all of this talent. It doesn't mean... I'm not going to say it doesn't mean anything, but in the big picture, until you can put this on display in a competition and really get noticed for it, you're not going to be able to advance at the rate that you want to. So I think it's very important. Any competition, just like the ones Monet just did, that was huge. You know, Amazing. those that once you enter these competitions, it gives you that confidence and that, you know, you know what you need to just take your artistry to the next level, honestly. So I'm all for it. Enter, enter, enter. <laughs> Amazing. So speaking of Monet and her Texture Style Awards, I mean, she's a good friend of yours from what we hear. Also yes. a friend of the pod. So talented. And you judge yes. the Texture Style Awards, correct? Amazing experience. Oh, yes. I was so okay. honored to even get chosen to be a judge. Um, and yeah, that's actually where I met Monet. And we had mutual friends in the industry, but okay. you know, I've always been a fan of her work. So dope. And so to be invited to judge the awards was pretty cool. Yeah, she's awesome. We just, I just did a podcast interview with her. She's been on a couple of times and sharing her business building techniques and talking about raising your prices and how to go about that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she is a brilliant woman and we are happy to have her as a friend as well. So she's making waves. I love Monet. <laughs> 
she's making ways so super talented and so humble, you know, and her totally. awards for that to be her first year. Amazing. So many entries. I told her, I said, man, I was thinking a couple hundred when I signed on to be a judge. She sent me that portal. It was like so many entries. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's going to take me two weeks. <laughs> um, but no, so many um, talented artists that submitted in that too. And so I love to see it. You know, it was great. Yeah. I love that we're opening up the categories. There's more opportunities to really talk about textured hair, you know, something that the industry needs to talk more about, educate more on, even from a school perspective. So I, it's been a great year that we've been able to, you know, step back, think about some of those things and really open up that whole landscape too. Absolutely. <laughs> Such so, a celebration of texture this year. Yeah, it's amazing. I love to see it. Um, anything else you want to share about your passion for learning um, or, you know, any advice that you have for up and coming pros that, that sort of want to make it to the top of our industry? Yeah, man, um, just consistency, you know, really being passionate about what you do. And in 2021, yeah. going to 2022, so, so important that you guys jump on this social media, use these cameras, get you a YouTube channel, anything that you can put your work and passion and even your personality out for other people to see it, to, you know, celebrate it, to join in it, and, you know, want to observe it. That's that's so, so important. That's that's really marketing and, and really branding yourself and your business. So I would encourage you um, to really get out and put your work out there on blast. Sometimes it's uncomfortable. Do it anyway. Get comfortable with these social media platforms and enter these competitions. You know, it doesn't really cost you a lot, um, but energy and effort and it's totally worth it. So I would say definitely enter our BEA awards for sure. Mm -hmm. And anything else that might you see online, jump at the opportunity because uh, that's what's going to help you elevate and continue to grow in your business. Yeah, I love that. And, and back to the branding. Me. Yeah, I mean, in the branding, you've learned, you know, you're, like you said, your dad 40 years ago hung to the branding and you you did that as well with Color King and, and certainly sharing that across all of your different platforms has totally paid off for you. Um, so tell everyone where they can find you. Where can we follow you? All right, please follow me on Instagram, Color King, color with a K, K-O-L-O-R-K-I-N-G. I definitely follow back. Um, I'm also on Facebook. You can find me Oliver B. Adams. That's my real name, Oliver B. <laughs> Adams. You can find me on Facebook. Um, and you know, we're out here in Las Vegas, at least till the end of the year, as far as I'll be coming back and forth between here and Atlanta. I still have clients in Atlanta. They're like, where are you? I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. Um, but, uh, right now we're out here in Las Vegas. So check us out. I'll be posting, uh, we're working on a website and a business page for Splash LV. But right now you can find that information at Color King. I post everything on Instagram. I'm actually working on a YouTube channel that's going to document, you know, this whole behind the scenes of what it's like to just pick up and move across the country and, uh, start start something new. So, uh, we'll be having, uh, that going on as far as the grand opening and, on my YouTube channel. So once we post that information, please follow me there. But other than that, I'll just be around, you know, uh, <laughs> you'll see me somewhere. I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me. I feel so cool, man. You guys are awesome. You are cool. Come on. Okay. The last questions <laughs> I have are the last questions I have, are what we call the tease quick take. So here we go. 
Number one, bar soap or body wash? Let's hear it. Man, I'm old school. I love my bar soap, man. You know, I feel like it lasts longer than the body wash. (laughs) You know what, though? Oddly enough, a strange question, yes, but we got to get some personality out there. It's been quite polarizing. Some people are straight bar soap. Some wouldn't even think of body wash. So there you go. Um, Okay. (laughs) I know you probably don't have much time right now, but what are you streaming right now on Netflix, you know, Spotify, YouTube? Like, what are you into? Oh, my goodness. Do I have time? I feel like that's all I do is watch Netflix and uh, stream (laughs) stuff. But uh, right now, I'm really big on I'm on uh, Raising Canaan, the power series. That's been amazing. I've been watching uh, Animal Kingdom. That's one of my favorites. Um, You guys watch Animal Kingdom? That's that's Bob. Um, And then I like The Shy also. The Shy is pretty good on Showtime. Um, I've been also, I'm waiting on Ozark. That's my other show. So uh, I've been watching Heist, Heist too. Heist is pretty good on Netflix. All right, I'm taking notes. I got it. Okay, and finally, what is one product that you cannot live without? And it can be a Clairol product. It can be something from your, you know, kitchen. It can be whatever product. Tell me what you just have to have in your bag. You can't live without. Um, I have to have, it's going to be a Clairol product. Uh, All right. Clairol, high lift. It's got to be my high lift. I need the 12 in or 12A. All right. I can't live without it. With that, I can create anything. And you're like, well, once on trust me, I can. That's that's <laughs> that's my secret Jedi power with that high lip color. It's one of the best liquid right. color. Perfect. All right. Absolutely. I love it. All right. You heard it here first. That's the Jedi power. <laughs> the Jedi power. You got that you can't lose. <laughs> I love it. Well, that is all we have for you today, Oliver. I know that you've got to give back to a million things there in Vegas, but thank you so much for your time. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, and we're excited for everyone to hear from you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the time. I uh, can't wait to see the end. All right. He's hitting Vegas. Sin City. Is that what Vegas is? <laughs> refer referred to as it certainly is is <laughs> well, sin city ready for the color king that's the question i don't know he's making waves he's extending his brand we wish you all the best of luck you don't need the luck you've got the hard work uh oliver so we're sending you our best from the tease be sure to hit subscribe rate and review and follow us on instagram facebook twitter youtube and tiktok at read the tease and send in questions to volume up at the tease.com Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey, Stephen Jodoran, and Madeline Hickey. Thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode, and to Josh Landowski for editing so you can watch and listen on YouTube.